Women Taking the Lead, Episode 94. Raise your hand. (laughs) Don't wait for other people to allow you to shine. You just go and take the spotlight. You're not responsible for other people's feelings. You raise your hand and you go, girl. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Stacy Curtis, who interviews fascinating people on her podcast at rightofyourlife.com. Her latest project, lifestorytelling.com, is taking off. This life story and memoir writing course is the culmination of years working to understand the psychology and the art of life story writing, and it makes it easy for others to write their stories. It's valuable to trace your trouble, transcribe your tale and transform your life. Oh, Stacy, that's very cute. <laughs> and it's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, I live in Houston, Texas, and I love everything I do about right of your life and, and writing and podcasting, which is so fun. I, I get to meet all kinds of people, um, but I haven't always been here. And I do have some humble beginnings. Initially, like a long time ago, when I started out, I was a secretary for a major insurance company. And I didn't know how to move up in the world, but I had this thing inside of me that I knew I had bigger and better things out there for me. And I just didn't know how to get to them. I had no college education at the time, um, yet I knew I had things inside of me. And I didn't really quite, well, I guess I could say I had a chip on my shoulder, Um, because I was a secretary. I'm like, I'm better than this. I'm more than this. And I know there's something out there, but I couldn't get there. Um, I was just looked at as quote unquote, just a secretary. So I looked around and I realized, you know, the men without college degrees were doing a different job and they were doing an auto estimator job. And I said, well, I can do that. And so I set out to gather the skills to do just that. And I practiced looking at damaged cars and writing estimates and going to tow lots on my lunch hour and after work. And this is in, you know, back in the days when I had like little pencil skirt, tight pencil skirts and high four inch high heels. (laughs) So I I took ICAR classes and collision repair classes on my own time and with my own money. And I was motivated because I knew there was something else out there. And eventually I was ready to move up into the job. and, And one of my bosses said, well, what are you going to do when a body shop guy rubs up against your butt? Are you going to start crying? And my jaw just dropped after all I had done, after all the grit I had shown to be able to do this work and and do it on my own time and and upskill myself and do it well. Of course, I wasn't going to cry. I was just as tough as the guys. And so that made me even more determined to do a job even better than the guys. And so I eventually got that job and I did it really well. In fact, you weren't back then, you weren't considered a real estimator until you got kicked out of a a body shop. And the day I did that, (laughs) I was so proud of myself. I went and told all the other guys and they they took me under their wing and it was um, a great working relationship. But um, that's where I started. Eventually I did get my degree and I started moving up in, in the company. 
Um, but those are my humble beginnings. Wow, Stacy, my goodness, you just like I just almost got derailed with that comment <laughs> your boss made. I know, I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what? Like I want I, I, I turn like, you in for that or just not or what? <laughs> I, couldn't I tell. know. Like that like good well, I, I good for you for holding your tongue and just like be making it a positive, yes. like proving him wrong. But there was a part of me that that went, that in my head went, does he realize he just figuratively rubbed up against your butt? Exactly. Like, <laughs> like does he like he was saying like does he realize like that? Do you see yourself? Do you hear out of his yourself? mouth? Yeah. Of course, I'm not going to cry. Why would I cry? I'm not cried ever cried in in word. So I put up with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, Stacy, what an opener. And that's why you do what you do. Yes. That's why you write stories. Yeah. Oh, hey, I passed him up way before. So he's still in that little uh, supervisor role, actually. And I've, I've, I've done way more things than he has now. Right. And with your positive, you know, mind frame and, you know, how you just w- go forward and move on from things like that. Cause I could just hear it in your story. You did not get bogged down. You did not let that, you know, destroy you. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not surprised with how far you've come, which is a great segue. Like you've had a lot of success in your life. You're, you were very determined and you've definitely gained some confidence, but, and you alluded to it too, when you were back in a secretary, but I'm not sure what story you want to tell Take us back to a time when you were playing small and undervaluing yourself. Share with us the story and the lessons you learned. Well, um, so it doesn't stop there, the whole secretarial mindset. And when I say secretary, I don't mean that in in a pejorative way. I mean, that was my mindset of everyone else is my boss except for me. Everyone else is in control. And even though I had achieved that, level of success and becoming an auto estimator and moving up and doing all kinds of things in the company, my mind, inside my mind, I was still that little person and everybody else, everybody else in the whole world was my boss. And, and I just, you know, I don't know if anybody else has ever felt that, that you don't deserve where you're at, even though I've just told you a great story about myself. I have other great stories. I went to school. I I got my master's degree. I've become a consultant. I've done all kinds of other things, but my mindset was just a secretary and not much worth. And that's really hard to overcome. And I hate to say that it took me decades to find that. And I'm, in fact, I'm hoping to train my girls to have a great mindset from the very beginning. They're in their teenage years. So anyway, um, it reflected in my personal life and in my professional life that I was um, even though I, I achieved great things, I still had that mindset. Um, so in my personal life, my first husband um, actually cheated on me. And I know that's a lot, that's happened to a lot of women, but here's the thing. He wasn't sure if he wanted to go with the other woman or to stay with me. He said, give me until Sunday to make up my mind. So guess what? With my little mindset, <laughs> I did. I sat there by the phone hoping to get the call that he wanted to stay with me. How crazy is that? Looking back, and, and everybody probably hearing this story, they, they're saying, that's crazy. I would never do that. But it, it's hard to see when you're in that circumstance, just, you know, why would just sit there and wait to be chosen by someone who did wrong, did me wrong? Why was I accepting that? It's a whole different story now. I don't have that mindset at all. But that's the codependent and that small mindset that I had 
at the time. In fact, um, a couple of years ago, when I kind of discovered this whole mindset, I took a memoir and life story writing class myself, and we went and we discovered our life themes. And I discovered that my life theme was never raising my hand. I didn't raise my hand in kindergarten, in grade school, in high school, as a young adult. And I never raised my hand and said, hey, that's not right. Even my old boss that said, hey, are you going to, you know, you're going to start crying if somebody, body shop guy rubs up against your butt. I didn't raise my hand and say, I can't believe you're talking to me like that. I just said, no, I'm not going to do that. So I had a, a life theme of never raising my hand. And because I became aware of that, I was able to change that. I said, I'm going to start sticking up for myself. I'm going to start raising my hand and saying, no, that's not right. Or yes, I want to do that. Pick me. Because my whole life has been not raising my hand. And that changed, that turned my life around. It honestly did. I gained confidence from that. I was able to change my future because I looked back at my past with that. And um, so that it was an exciting moment for me. Oh my gosh, you have me here breathless. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I've been that person yes. at one time in my Sometimes life. And I know and I know women in their relationships who, you know, it may not be so overt that mm-hmm. he's, you know, right. that the, um, he's broken faith with the relationship per se. And there, there are more than one ways where you can be faithless in, in a relationship. But I know women who tell themselves like, I don't want this to be over. I don't want to end the marriage over this. Right. We've had so many years together. I used to say, you know, how bad is bad enough? How bad is bad enough? Is it, is it over this one little thing that I, you know, take my stand? But it's not as that whole, it's your whole life. And right. yeah. Right. And ultimately, I do want to say for those listening, it, it's up to you to decide, you know, the, the relationship of your marriage and, and the course your marriage takes. But there's also um, some reflection to be had of who are you being in your marriage, right, that you're perhaps you're not speaking up or making a stand for um, yourself and for a better relationship. Um, so I just wanted to say that because I, I so <laughs> and I'm just going to be completely transparent. I know my parents li- <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen to this podcast and they, they have been married for many, many years. They are huge proponents of marriage and working on the marriage and not that they, they've gone through bad times, but there's something to be said for working on the marriage. And there's also something to be said for is, is this the right thing? Absolutely you as well. Wow, Stacy, great story. All right. Now, little little pivot. Now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. Okay. Well, I, (laughs) this is going to get more interesting. I, I mentioned codependency and that's a weakness that I used to have. So I ended up, this is before I started raising my hand. Um, and before I discovered that I ended up in a second disastrous marriage and this time it was with a sociopath. I, I, I don't know what, apparently I was bent on my own destruction. You can see the trend there. I don't know, but, um, I'm nothing if I'm not loyal and I'm the hang in there person when the going gets tough and, and I've learned that that's not always a good thing now. 
But ultimately, I was paying bills one evening, and my young daughter wanted to get on our family computer. So I went over, and I put the password in to allow her to, you know, play games on it. I think she was like in second or third grade. Anyway, um, I discovered it opened up, and I discovered my husband's email up. And he had received an email from Craigslist confirming his submission. And it was a solicitation of himself to couples on Craigslist, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I quickly scooted her out of the room and my heart was pounding. And that was the moment I realized I cannot let this go on. I was essentially teaching my daughters that accepting this kind of behavior was okay. So staying in a situation like that, trying to make nice, pretending everything is fine, that's actually going to hurt their future. So, you know, I didn't get out of that relationship actually for me. Um, I should have. I got out because I didn't want my kids to repeat that. They would likely repeat the same thing, be in the same situation that I am with their crazy future spouses, and I didn't want that future for them. So I had to make the tough decision to change myself in order to change their future. And it was extremely tough. I mean, several years divorcing a sociopath, if any of you have ever done that, you know, as a trial, I wouldn't want to wish anyone to do that. But um, we both, I and my, they're now teenagers, are so much better off because I chose to stand up for myself. Mm. And Stacy, what was the journey that you took? Because it sound, sounded like your first marriage ended, but you were still mentally in that same place. Mm-hmm. I was. Of, you know, just, just you know, want somebody to love me and I'll give my loyalty and everything to that person. What steps did you have to take to make that change, you know, for your daughter so that you didn't find yourself in another marriage that looked like that again? Well, it's a, it's an odd coincidence that my mom gave me some money for my birthday and I was just in the throes of this second divorce, and it was incredibly, a, a sociopath will try to hurt you at every moment. In fact, I slept one night with a, a knife, a carving knife in my bed <laughs> with me. But um, in that, I started, I, had, I was telling these stories to friends and family just periodically, and they're like, that's crazy. Those are crazy stories. You've got to write those down. So with this birthday money, I went to uh, Writers and Books in Rochester, New York, and they had a class on memoir writing. And this fabulous teacher had eight students around her, and every Friday we would bring our stories and tell them, and and we would craft them and refine them and make them into really cool stories. So stories about our lives, but that would read like a novel. And through that eight-week or 12-week course, I think it was. In fact, they, they loved my story so much, they brought me back in, in a, on a scholarship for the next semester. But um, I realized you, human beings have an incredible capacity to pull the wool over their own eyes. And when you write down and you write through your life, you start to actually see the behavior that you're having, that you're doing, the responses that you have, and what you're actually doing. It's really weird. You live your life, but when you write it down, you live it again, but with much more clarity. And that was the moment, um, writing through that difficult time, I was like, wait a minute, why am I accepting this? Why am I doing this? What's happening? And I, I actually took responsibility. I was part of it because I accepted what he was doing. 
And um, I had to own up to that. So it was that. And then I, I got a really great counselor and um, did had, you know, wonderful counseling through that to help me see clearly as well. Because when you're codependent, you don't, you, you're thinking, oh, I just want, I don't want to be the one that breaks up this mirror. I don't want to be the one that's at fault. And I, and I didn't, but I didn't really see what he was doing for what it was. And um, mm. so those two things brought clarity. And that was, that was a moment I'm like, I am, I'm free from this. It's, it was wonderfully Hi. freeing to be able to, to see that clearly on paper and then be able to take the moment, take, you know, this, the steps that I needed to take to actually get free as well. Well, congratulations Thank to you. you. And I don't want to skip over because you made the comment about like, I did this for my daughters and maybe that that's not the right way. But I find, I don't know about men. Well, actually, I know men do it too. I think this is just a human being thing mm-hmm. because we live in community. We're definitely wired for giving and helping others that sometimes it's for other people that we make decisions that empower us right. <laughs> in oh, our lives so too as a byproduct. And if that's what gets you to take the action or make the move, then, you know, God bless do it. The same thing for confidence. Sometimes we have to, it's, it's only because other people believe in us Mm -hmm. that we believe in ourselves. But if that's what gets us to take the action that then gives us confidence, then great. You know, however it comes, you know, whatever motivates you to make the change. But I think what's most important is you realized you needed to make a change and your daughters were the motivation for you. Absolutely. I just couldn't envision them doing the same things. And I know that's what happens. Um, kids end up in the same situation that their, their parents are in. And I just, I didn't, I, my, I hurt for them, their future selves, knowing that they were likely get into some similar relationships. They would likely be codependent. I just, I couldn't stand it. I could not stand thinking about that. And that's, that's what led me to do it as well. Mm. Huge. It was huge. Yeah. And Stacy, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We're all different and we're going to lead differently. We all have different experiences, backgrounds, preferences, strengths. So we're going to bring something different to the table. So Stacy, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, as, as you might guess, I lead by encouraging. I love to help people and I actually guide people through my course by encouraging them to find new ways of doing things and experimenting our entire lives are experiments you know that's what i that's what i believe and most decisions that we make don't have to be perfect you can try something on this is what i tell my girls try this out if it doesn't work let's move on to something else if, if it doesn't suit you you know figure something else that does work so i encourage experimenting and that and i lead by encouraging folks to do that and empowering them to, to do that on their own. I need to take that on more too. We've discovered, well, it's not a new discovery, but I'll say we've talked about it a lot recently. In my family, there is a streak of perfectionism <laughs> that goes on and allowing yourself to experiment, like allowing that space to get it wrong the first time is really wonderful. If you can embrace it. I wish I had so. this written down, but there's a really great TED talk from a gentleman who talks about arguments. Losing arguments is a wonderful thing because when you lose an argument, you learn. So I've actually won that argument by losing because if I've lost, I've learned something 
that I believed was wrong. And thank goodness for that. And, and that's kind of the premise there is experiment with things. And when you try something that doesn't work, that's a good thing. You've learned something. Mm, huge. And this is a good segue. What is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and have to share with us? Oh, I love, love, love podcasting. And my podcast is at writeofyourlife.com. It's really exciting because I get to connect with all kinds of people who have written about their lives in different ways. And the outcome is always much more insight into yourself. And and um, I'm, I love sharing that with with all kinds of listeners. And that podcast leads to my Life Story Memoir writing course at lifestorytelling.com. And I really want to reach people who are not writers necessarily, um, but they people who have gone through some similar life circumstances, divorce or disease, or they've, you know, they've been through some trauma and life is tough. But if people realize how beneficial it is to write about their life, and even, in fact, I don't know if you know this, but it increases your immune system. It can boost your immune system by writing through the tough times. And I want to spread that message as much as possible. So that's what I'm excited about. Mm, and you and I had a chance to chat before we started recording um, about podcasting because mm-hmm. we're both podcasters right. and we were just getting giddy about it. So <laughs> yeah. for anyone who is even remotely interested in writing, storytelling, you've got to check the podcast out and write of your life. Write is spelled with a W like writing. Right. So write of your life Mm-hmm. And the, the links will be in the show notes or the blog that goes along with this episode. So no worries there. Um, but it has to be it has to be experienced. So. All right, Stacey, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that you have that makes you a better leader? I would say the one practice is grace. I've been given grace in so many instances where I've messed up. I give my kids grace, I give myself grace, and I give that grace to as many others as well because we're on the, all on this planet just trying to figure things out. And sometimes, like I said, the experiments don't go well. That's okay. Pick yourself up and find a new direction. So I would say the one thing is grace to myself and to others. And Stacey, I'm curious, how do you, um, cause I've heard of the practice of grace and I think I understand it, but you're, you're a writer, so maybe you can articulate it better. <laughs> <laughs> how do you go about, or how would you, um, explain it to somebody who maybe struggles in that area of how to develop that in your life? Well, grace is really what it, at its core unmerited favor. So when someone messes up, let's take yourself, for example, ourselves, we tend to beat ourselves up. So when you give yourself grace, you just pick yourself up and say, you know what? That was a learning experience. That's okay. I'm going to move on and I'm going to hold my head high because I've learned something and now I'm a better person for learning that. And it's okay to give yourself grace. And then, then you've also got to give that grace to other people as well. People mess up. They're human beings. And it's it doesn't do them any good to to come down hard on them. Even if you've told them again and again, it doesn't benefit them to come down hard. Give them grace and talk about it as a learning experience and where can we go from there. I knew I could count on you. <laughs> because and I love the way you said that. It's it's granting unmerited favor because um 
for in in my business and with my clients deserving and having earned, you know, put in air quotes, mm-hmm. earned something mm-hmm. is a huge topic because a lot of times we beat ourselves up or we hold ourselves back or we tell ourselves we can't have something because we don't deserve it or we didn't earn it. And I love that grace is given like without merit. You don't have to earn it. Right. You don't have to deserve it. You just get it. Absolutely. I love it. All right. And Stacey, what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Oh, this is so hard. I would say the the biggest book that had the most impact on me is called One Big Thing, Discovering What You Were Born to Do. And it's by Phil Cook, C-O-O-K-E, because it helps you discover what your true purpose is. And it, it's really practical. And then it has strategies for you to move into that purpose and find your purpose and then move into it. But it's also inspirational because it, it connects you with the world at large with your purpose. And so it's a great book to define, to find out what is your one big thing that the world needs from you. Very cool. And Stacy, what advice would you give your younger self? This one's easy. <laughs> Raise your hand. <laughs> Don't wait for other people to allow you to shine. You just go and take the spotlight. You're not responsible for other people's feelings. You raise your hand and you go, girl. I love it. I loved over um, the holidays being um, staying with family and watching my my four year old niece who would just come into the room like ta da. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> And when did we lose that? It's conditioned out of us, girls in particular. And so we need to find that back. Yes, get it back. Raise your hand. Mm -hmm. All right, Stacey, share with us a success quote or a mantra that you have and why it has meaning for you. I've, I've had this one for a long time. And it's, if we all did the things we're capable of, we would astound ourselves by Thomas Edison. And my goal is to find the limits of my capabilities. Back when I was a secretary uh, and an auto estimator, I knew I was destined for more. And not in a, you know, a, a woo-woo sense. It's really, I knew I was capable of more. And I wanted to find the edges of those capabilities. I don't want anybody to say, she's only used a fraction of her potential. I think mean, that would be the worst crime for me is to be only use a fraction of my potential. I want to explore that. And and so that's why I love that quote. I love that one too. That's a new favorite. <laughs> I'm liking it. All right, lastly, Stacy, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Well, it's, uh, I'm at rightofyourlife.com and lifestorytelling.com. And you can find me on Facebook and Pinterest at Right of Your Life. So I put all my shows and tools and resources on Pinterest. And so my, um, it's at right of your life in any of those social mm. media. Nice. And I'll have those links and resources, everything shared in this episode um, on the show notes page or the blog post that goes along with this episode on, at womentakingthelead.com. Uh, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. And Stacy, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Thank you so much, Jody. I'm really excited about what you're doing and what you're putting out here and appreciate all that you do. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? 
Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.